Hello, welcome to The Armin Show, where we talk about everything science, human behavior, creativity, and more. Thanks for joining, and make sure to subscribe. Hello, and welcome to The Armin Show podcast. We are in the building. We are doing a follow-up to a past episode on the social landscape. I have my guest with me here. Who is my guest? We have Rebecca Faith Lawson in the building. Rebecca, welcome to the program. Hello. Glad to have you on here. Spirit in the place to be. And I'm starting this one off with a rap. We're about to talk about the social landscape. I'm rapping like this. It's going to go great. I hope it goes smoothly. True as that. We're going to do this after my rap. Have a little bit of discussion. It should be wonderful in the future soon. And now I'm with Rebecca. She's like, let's get it going this <laughs> afternoon, which is right now. Glad to have you on here. We are in great moment, quality and such. Your location. Can you remind us all of where that is? Sarasota, Florida. Long live that. Los Angeles, California, United States, United as one. We covered quite a bit last time on the social landscape that exists, content-based material that is towards interest versus social, which is like with your connections and familiarity. And then we had a variety of follow-up to that, which we'll be going into on this one here. Now, before we go into that, directly, Threads app came out just yesterday or today, which is in the social landscape. It's quite interesting. I've had quite a bit of trying it out on my end. You may have tried it out on your end. Let me give my feedback, and then we'll also hear your feedback on Threads, what it might be. I like the text-based nature of it. I would have liked Instagram to be like it many years ago when it came out, so this is nice to see. It's full of movement. It's new. It's new. People are using it just in the last couple of days. It's connected to your previous profile. Do you like it? What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think it's cool that it's something new. And I like that it's text-based. And I like that it's very, they want it to be like very like live action. And so people can interact with each other in like little paragraphs and, and share photos. And it seems a bit like Twitter. But I think people are excited about it just because it's connected with Instagram and it's something a little bit different. That's cool. I want people to know I made a thread on threads on its first day, basically. So that's a thread on threads. It was talking about some of the things that are popular on threads. That's cool. Now, and then, oh, there's another there's a joke going around on it that everybody is now using 15 different apps and like keeping up with them is a challenge. Is there some of that thought that comes up that there's so many apps? Yeah, I think it's pretty funny. Like it's, you know, you have like all these different platforms and you're just trying to like, okay, did I check this or somebody will write to you and you'll get notified from a different app. And I mean, it's, it is quite hilarious when you think about it, you're like checking 10 different apps and they're, everything's beeping. And um, yeah, so I guess either somehow like things will be a little bit more consolidated or people will just be kind of all over the place. And, and I, I actually saw a post similar to that. It was like, people who actually work for brands in like the social media, social media space, they are going to have like, okay, wow, I have like a whole nother app that I have to manage now. That's a good point. Now we have a message about 2023. Everything's beeping. This is the mm -hmm. theme of our year. Everything's <laughs> beeping. And the beep sound differently. One's boop, beep, boop, bop. And then there's like little sounds. Long live mm -hmm. these notifications. Right. You're going to have like notifications from everything and it's going to be a whole like musical tone. It's going to be like a song. Somebody's <laughs> Somebody's going to start their next rap career from the beeps in the notifications mm -hmm. that come out. Boop, boop, psh, boop, 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 bam. And then mm -hmm. they'll make a song. That's some good stuff. 
Now, so we covered a bit on the different types of content and direction. And our last point we left on was connected with does the very specific nature of going towards an interest like fishing all day long make things where you're not connecting with the people connected with the loneliness epidemic? Are they linked in some way? And are the issues of today, as far as people's disconnection, there because content has gone too far away from us as people? What do you think mm -hmm. the social media does with our loneliness? I think that some people resort to social media instead of maybe getting together and really having a conversation. So I think there is a base for how technology can make people more lonely. But at the same time, I think that social media kind of showcases people's loneliness. Like say there was no social media, I think people would still be lonely to a degree and for different reasons. But I think sometimes people maybe are like, oh, it's because technology people are lonely. Like it's almost like a, they're using technology as a scapegoat. And I think rather than blaming anything, people could possibly just think of solutions and find ways to interact with people more often in person or just talk to people on the phone more often rather than sending them a text or writing to them on some sort of platform. Right. This is like the gateway concept where you would meet some crew hiking people on some meetup group, talk a bit, and now you know each other. And then rapidly you get to saying, let's go to this rock climbing location or this hiking spot. And now you take it from that grouping. Technology was useful. And now you are at the hiking spot. You're doing some movement. You can even post pictures later. That's back to technology. But you were with them in person. And that's mm -hmm. the main thing. That was the point of that meetup group app thing. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, you're actually like planning things. You connected with them after you met with somebody in person and you are intentional with planning events or meetups, not just being like, hey, we'll always interact on this platform, but you're actually seeing these people and forming relationships. And you need a person that's like a like a doer such that they would say, okay, we're going to do this. Okay, this. And then so if people are starting to be like, well, I'm not sure about next Thursday. Okay, we're doing it next Thursday such that it happens on a Thursday versus it goes on for like 17 weeks and they never do the game night or whatever it might be as a group. And that's no good because now it just remained and you didn't transfer it. So it stayed right. on the technology and it didn't transfer to the physical end. And that's like a loss, I would say. Right. Having people who are actually taking action and planning things and putting themselves out there to ask people to do things, whether that is accepted or denied. Mm -hmm. Got to be bold. Mm -hmm. Bold and directed in some way or else that gap won't be bridged. And I think a lot of the Internet is the gap is not bridged. So it stays in a meetup group or a chat group or some idea. And that was it. And it never got out. And if you looked at it from afar, that's just sad. That's just mm -hmm. sad. Yeah. I'm always thankful for people in my group chats who are like, yeah, let's do this. And then everybody jumps on. And sometimes I'm that person, but I always appreciate when other people are that person as well. Let's bring that on there for variety purposes. I'm in absolutely no group chats. Thanks to my distancing from that element. It has never been my item. What do you like about group chats? Are they fun? I I really like group chats just because I like getting notifications. If it's people I really genuinely like know to a degree and care about. And I feel like just seeing their text pop up in my phone and them communicating, it makes me feel like 
I am more connected and like part of what's happening and seeing if anything, if anyone's planning anything, then it's like, oh, like I can think about, do I feel like joining in on this or not? And sometimes I will and sometimes I won't. But I like that there's always like these opportunities to take part in something in person through these group chats. And also, I think like I'll have ones that are for school as well. And I think that it kind of keeps you in the know, like maybe there's something you're not thinking about. And some like another of your fellow classmates has that that question or that thought. And it just kind of brings that awareness to you and like, oh, like maybe maybe I should think about this assignment in a different way or, oh, this due date is this day. And it, it's a nice reminder. So it kind of keeps you informed in another another way. It has a positive that that that's my mind. What, what would be one of the positives of it? You don't form a gap as much when there's a group chat because it's almost continuous here and there ongoing versus if you're not in a group chat, there's more of a gap that can form with a grouping or some individuals. But then on the other hand, there is the effect that if you don't want to always have it be continuous, group chat is not great because it's like there's a continuous influx of stuff that maybe wasn't mm -hmm. as uh, appealing to you at that time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have different group chats that I allow to roll in, but then there's others I completely mute. And then I'm like, if I want to chime in, I can. And so you always have control over that. Like you can always choose whether you're going to receive notifications or not. One of the big content creators online, he talks about how when somebody says, ah, oh, but I'm getting this input or I'm, uh, I don't know if I should post this. You have control of it. When you, you make something at the end point, you decide to post or not, or do you decide to, most of the things we still have managed. It's not like the apps are like battling their way into our, mm -hmm. we manage these things. Totally. Yeah. You're, you can manage it. Mm -hmm. We have control over these things. Now the social landscape has changed. We have described that. It has changed quite a bit rapidly, even like threads just coming out a day ago. Maybe Facebook wanted to do this five years ago, but has to develop over time. And then they see where Twitter goes. And so every day is another step in the back and forth between the companies. There's a lot of apps. People are using them. How can the average individual make more aware themselves, the apps they are using, how they are affecting them? How can they get that awareness? I think asking yourself, how am I using these different apps? Like, why why am I on Instagram? Why am I on Facebook? Why am I on Twitter? Or why am I on threads? And identifying why you're on there will help you be more aware of how you're spending your time or if you even need the app. And I think just asking yourself, what you're doing and how you're using it just brings a lot of awareness rather than just having all these apps and just clicking on them all the time and kind of mindlessly scrolling or mindlessly just interacting with it, but actually like, what am I doing? And that will help you be more aware of how you're using the app and how much time you're even spending on it. Challenge question here. I was thinking about this. Does someone have to, can you build awareness while still using all the apps? Or is the only way to build awareness to like stop using them for two weeks and then come back and see what you feel like? Are we too entrenched to get awareness while we're using them? Or do we have that ability? Mm, I think I think taking a break from things is always good, but I don't necessarily think you have to, to find balance. It's really just putting those thoughts there, like really asking like, why, 
being on Instagram and like asking yourself, why am I using Instagram? Is it to connect with friends? Is it to upload things that are geared towards my interest so I can share with the audience? Or am I just a viewer? Do I like to just consume images and be inspired and for entertainment or for whatever purpose? But just knowing what your honest thoughts are about these different apps, I think helps you understand yourself better when it comes to why you're using something. You want to have your, then you go into it with that beforehand. Okay, this is what I'm using it for. This is what I like about it. Whether good or bad, this is the direction I prefer it for. And so then it's not happening to me. I'm using this tool. Right. Like just having these thoughts, even having this conversation right now, it makes me think about how I'm using Instagram or Facebook or other platforms. And just simply thinking about it brings that awareness. Because if you're not thinking about it, if you're never thinking about it, then you're probably just a little bit mindlessly clicking on it and scrolling through it or posting or whatever. So, yeah, we don't want to be mindless. One of the items you represented was there's different ways you can use apps, such as for inspiration, could be your material, putting it out there, entertainment, informational nature. As far as inspiration, are you inspired by content that comes out today? And also, um, what has been your usage of platforms in recent years that connects with that, if so? Mm-hmm. I think I intentionally only follow people I either know and I enjoy seeing their content or I'm inspired by in some way. I'll follow a lot of different people who post different quotes or positivity or things, biblical messages, um, things related towards fitness and health and other things that I'm interested in. So I definitely feel like I'm very intentional with who I follow and what kind of feed I am kind of viewing. And I guess you could say even meditating on if you're scrolling a bit, knowing what you're actually putting into your mind is really important. But I know we also brought up MySpace from way from back in the day um, in our previous video. And I feel like MySpace was really cool just because it encompassed a lot of different elements. And that's why I liked it. It was almost like a personal blog. Um, But yeah, I think now moving forward, we're like adding thread. That's like the new app, right? So I like that it's text-based and it's a little bit more social connection there. Mm-hmm. That is that item of the, like you go to somebody's home, that no longer is the case on most of the apps because now the app is your feed and their their home is not really a place there. It's more the person, the viewer's home of the interest that they like and there's no john's home or alice's home like there was before to bring you in because people are like oh my time and i have to see my things on my as i customized it whereas before however you customized it is what i would take a look at and maybe get into more right and that's the cool thing it's like even though that instagram is leaning more towards interest base now you can make your platform anything you want it to be you can make it kind of blog style or you can make it very focused on what you're interested in or very focused on social things. It's just the algorithm doesn't exactly play into if you want to do something unique to you. Sometimes the algorithm doesn't match that. 
And I think that can be a little bit discouraging for people. And so they're saying like, oh, like, well, depending on how the algorithm is, I'm gonna post kind of in parallel to that. And I think that's why it's leaning more towards interest-based even more than probably people would even prefer. Right, the algorithm sets the direction. And then if you would like to get the same kind of engagement, you go with the algorithm, which is what is set from the top by Meta or Twitter. And then you're kind of a part of that process. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, then your stuff doesn't get showcased. It doesn't get shared. Right. And it's much quieter. It's much quieter. Yeah. In and the fact that the reels are something that that the algorithm encourages, I guess you could say, I think I like the idea at least that you can create your feed on Instagram. You could potentially create it all through reels. So like if I want to post certain things that are of like that vary in what they are, I could make them as a mini video and that would be showcased more than if I'm just up uploading photos. So I think people are becoming more and more creative with how they express themselves on reels. And it's almost like that's what you have to do, but it also is possible. You can do that. So. I think they did a great job with that where they made it where you can post them and then put it to a separate section. So the people that had a curated profile can keep that curated and then have this separate section for people who want more and they don't really mix or have an issue with each other. That was a nice combo they did. You're saying that things are organized in a certain way? Yeah, like the, the reels can be in a separate section and you can remove them from your main posting exactly. so that yeah. your main posting is still clean and now you have this separate element of you in a way. Right. Or also like uploading an image in front of the reel if you want to keep a certain aesthetic. So. Right. Mm -hmm. You can maintain, you can maintain elements of both now where you couldn't, couldn't do that five years ago, because if you put up some clip three years ago, it's right there and maybe odd looking compared to the other material. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. There's more options now. It's a good point. Mm -hmm. Now we have talked about one thing. You brought it up the viewer. There's also the creator and I'd say there's a difference going on between uh, who we are focusing on as far as my view is that the creator matters less today than 10 years ago and the viewer matters much more because the creator, if you're not making the thing that the viewers are pulling towards, you're out kind of. And then, but if you are create a uh, viewer focused, you'll do well because you are feeding into what the algorithm would send out to them. So it's less about John specifically, and it's more about, do you bring out what people are desiring? What are your thoughts on that? Mm -hmm. Right, so taking your analogy of John, I think that material that John would be creating for that audience, I feel also has to resonate and be authentic to him in the first place or i don't think it would translate to his audience super well i think it would maybe come off as like what's this guy doing maybe if it's not something that john really feels in his heart connects with him but i at the same time i think john considers who his audience is and maybe what they would appreciate and he would cultivate his media maybe for them 
but it would still be genuine to him. That's a good way to put it. It brings in angles of both. Right. Now, that's a good one. The viewer-creator di dichotomy there. Mm -hmm. When people go on apps right now, what do you think they are looking for? I think about this sometimes. Are they going for for their own material to get that out there? Are they going because of like sadness in relation to just feeling sad for some reason? Are they going because they don't want to miss out on what is seen? These are some potential categories. What comes to mind mm -hmm. that people may be going onto platforms for in the first place, that initial emotional pull? I think what you're saying is kind of, those are three great points that kind of sums it up almost. That's Those are some of the reasons I think people do click on social media is because, right, yeah, they want to they wanna stay up to date with what's currently happening in their, maybe like their culture of their age group or just like the world. It, it, social media can be informative in a lot of ways, depending on what kind of accounts you follow even. You can follow just even your friends, but you also follow like news anchors and you follow the president or, you know, you, you can follow different people, but especially like creators, they, they have, I think some people use it as a business, you know, they um, <clears throat> need to like maintain their business or their, their relevance to their audience. So they're creating in that sense. Um, there's, I feel like there's a lot of different reasons depending on who the person is that they would click on it. And I mean, it's a really, in a way it's, Technology is so cool in, in a way, and social media is very cool in a way, just because it's a place that everybody is chiming into and everyone is there. Most people have Instagram in certain age groups specifically, but it's definitely more common like amongst our age and younger even. But um, yeah, so it's cool that like everyone's viewing something. It's not like only a few people are, but people all over the world are looking into this platform. I view a lot of items from the perspective of I want to see what's going on in this, the space that matters to me and what's occurring right now, be up to date with the current moment. I've always wanted to be up to date with the current moment for many years, like with threads or with some news item or with what happened with somebody I know. Being up to date is key because then you can jump in. I like to jump in on stuff. So for me, it's very practical that I can't jump in on stuff if I don't know the story right now so once you have the story then you can jump in because i'm more of a participator than a viewer so i have to be with it in a way it's very important mm -hmm. in that element for sure even your youtube channel your platform reflects staying connected and what's happening and the latest and in a way your channel is very informative so it's even almost part of your i guess you could say your brand to stay up to date on what's happening Right. It's always been one of my themes that I'm there with it right now, even though my material has been timeless since my blog, Timeless Information, but still to be timeless, mm -hmm. it's important that I keep up with 2023, 2022 as it's happening so I can give current material versus if I talk right now about that new app called Snapchat, that won't make sense right now. Mm -hmm. And if I talk about the exactly. cool features of Snapchat, it just won't. It won't have an impact. Right, right. They'll be like, ah, uh, what do you go? Like, where, where have you been? 
Welcome to earlier. Welcome mm -hmm. to earlier. I didn't get that email. Long live email, by the way. Long live supporters of email. Now, content. I a lot of the stuff that I look at is stuff that I agree with or they're on the same page as me. I don't watch much of items that are in the other end, even though I could and I know they exist. What are your thoughts on that? Should somebody look at the other end or does that matter? Probably 95% of what I look at is in material that I, it's on the same page as me, agrees with me in some form. What are your thoughts on that? Are you basically asking if you should interview or take part in people who have differing like views and you that's another one it's connected and it's the same uh, broad message so yes should i do that or should i not i think that it really comes down to what your own goals are and how you want to showcase who you are and what your show is all about do you want to showcase people that have messages that resonate with what you believe in and you want to put that out into the world or do you want to be someone who can take all points of view and even like challenge them? But the thing is, is that if you're like that, then I think you'll get a name of like, hey, that person, um, like, oh yeah, Armin's a great interviewer. He's all about showcasing his beliefs or Armin's a great interviewer and he'll give you food for thought for challenging challenging what you wrote your book on or challenge, you know, it's like, I mean, you could do a little bit of both even, but it kind of comes down to what you want and what, like what you're up for, because either is, I think, wonderful and can be interesting for any viewer. And even for people who write these books or professors or, or other people who have differing beliefs, it can be a place your platform can be anything you want it, want it to be, you know? And um, so it just, it comes down to what direction do you want to go in? I like that description. And also it made me think to myself that it seems like my ratio is about in my head, 80% people that I'm with in some form and then 20% some I'm not exactly with for variety and challenging purposes and to check on them in some way and include them in the conversation because I don't like to leave people out completely. Mm -hmm. That's what seems to jump into my head is what makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe 80, 20. Right. That's a, it's a good way you brought that up. Then got me to think about that, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could always I, do a mix, you know, and, but I think people would need to know that you might not agree with what they have to say and that you'll maybe ask some diff you'll throw in some different points or ask them some challenging questions and of course you're not there to probably you're not there to have a fight but it's like that can be really interesting to see different points of view hearing what you have what you think and what other people have to think or what what other people have to say about it but that's also like do you want to showcase do you want to showcase your beliefs and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I love watching certain people, certain reporters. And for instance, I'll take her as an example. Maybe I don't agree with everything she says, but um, I think a, a good example is Megan Kelly and how she used to be on a certain news channel and certain platform. And, and then, you know, she can have a strong opinion on things. And so now she has created her own platform where she can showcase 
what she believes and she doesn't have people telling her, no, you, you can't talk about that or we want you to talk about this, but she has more freedom. And I think it's admirable what she does because she really shows her personality. She tells you what she believes and she doesn't exactly have the, she's not gonna have a popular opinion about through everybody, but through showing who she is, she actually gets an audience who values being authentic, who values looking for the truth, who values, hey, we can, people can have different points of view and that doesn't mean that they have to necessarily fight, but people can talk about things. So I think it represents a lot when somebody can own their voice because everyone has one, everyone holds beliefs. And I think there should be a safe place for people to have conversations and not feel like they're gonna get shot or get canceled or get whatever. It's so, some people can be so aggressive in like, oh, you said this, so you shouldn't, you shouldn't speak anymore, like go into your house or something, or you shouldn't be on this platform anymore. Like, how about we, how about we encourage conversation and different points of view? That doesn't mean we have to agree with everything, but we can talk about everything. We live in America and America is founded on principles that there is freedom of speech. And like, we have that in the Declaration of Independence. Like we, we just celebrated July 4th. What does that mean? Like, does that mean anything if we can't have our own voice in America? What, what did people fight for? Why not we like, why do we have to hide? And why, why have we come to a place in America where people are bashing and shaming people for having an honest conversation? We want to be able to have an honest, honest conversation, showcase our views, say what's on our minds somewhat. It doesn't have to be every detail, but somewhat expressing ourselves so we don't feel limited. A big part of my personality traits is constraint is very bad. So mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of limitation. Freedom would be important. Would you say freedom is important to you as well? Yes, absolutely. And absolutely, like, you don't have to showcase every single detail, like be respectful. Like respect has to always be at the forefront of anyone's mind. Yes, but that doesn't mean like, but people should also be able to express where they're at because when you, express where you're at and you're honest with yourself and other people, like there is so much room for growth because other people's point of view, it will make them think about things. If you're just gonna cancel somebody, you're basically being like, hey, you, you're, you, like people sometimes think they're canceling somebody and think that they're like solving some sort of problem. But really, if you took a step back, you would realize like, hey, that person is being vulnerable or they're showcasing what they believe. And I have the opportunity to share my point of view and maybe that will get them to think and reconsider. But instead of giving that, them the opportunity for growth and reconsideration, they say, hey, you're you're a bad person and you should be, you should be ashamed of what maybe you have stated or where your heart's at or your mind's at. Like, what, like, huh? Like that's not, how is that, how's there room for growth there when you just are like, it's, it's very, it's very ignorant to be 
to have that mindset of just not being able to hear different points of view. Very valid. I just thought of a book example. Let's say I was reading a book. A book is kind of like a conversation with an author of sorts. Canceling would be like, I get to some page like 47. I don't agree or I'm opposed to the individual. And I go, that's, I'm done. I'm not reading this book anymore. Well, I just stopped the conversation between me and the book reader. You can't go anywhere with that. This doesn't allow for building. All I can do is now use the book as a paperweight. It's no longer a conversation of sorts versus if I kept reading and Oh, okay. Hmm. I see. Oh, that part of your life. There is connection points. You might have a point here. Maybe there's something we can work through. The conversation is still happening in a way. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. It's like we should, yeah, be giving people the opportunity to just be a human and and then we can interact. We We should encourage like more interaction rather than shut down i feel like sometimes you know you'll hear these stories and stuff and people just want to shut people down all the time and it's i don't know how constructive it is i don't think it's constructive and i have the view that you cannot build from lack you can only build from substance or abundance because it's like a pyramid you can't build from missing the first floor and then building the second floor, we don't do that. Same thing with any sort of pairing, relationship, partner, group, thought, conversation. You can't remove the first floor and say, ah, I don't agree with this. Let's get to the second floor. Mm-hmm. We can't. It needs to sit on the ground. Right. So there's mm-hmm. no building point. And this even goes into connection, right? Connecting with people because I viewed one of your past episodes with one of your guests I didn't forget what she said because I thought it was so true and I've actually applied it in my life. And she said, some people will start a conversation with each other, maybe like two strangers, and they'll be talking back and forth. And maybe like, it's not, maybe it's not really going anywhere that first three minutes. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like maybe you would want it to feel. But if you give it a little bit more time, you take that three minutes and you make it into like five or six minutes eventually you actually find things to connect about and talk about. And it's just a matter of giving that opportunity to connect instead of, oh, the connection isn't here and writing something off very, very quickly. And I just really appreciate that because I'm like, wow, like how much, how much of my life do I go about talking to people? And it's like, wow, if I, if I just ask them a couple more questions or spend a little bit more time, With them, maybe there's something that we can connect on and click on. And maybe there's this opportunity to be fueled because through connection, like we get energy. Like we, I think people are fueled in a positive way by connecting with people. And so I think, yeah, that's something I always remembered. And um, yeah, I just felt like sharing that. That one right there speaks to me highly. Thanks for sharing that because let's say you cut uh, this discussion off at two minutes you wouldn't have gotten to who knows you don't know because you cut it off at two minutes but if you let it build a little bit let it get a little bit of breathing room space to grow maybe the other person some people would like a pause once in a while if somebody doesn't pause they would never jump in but if there's a pause suddenly they'll oh and by the way and they'll jump in at that part so different people have different points where they might bring up something or jump in with something 
And if you don't get to those points, that's it. There's no building form. But if you get those points, oh, then this, oh, then that. Oh, you actually went there. One time you went kayaking. I went kayaking. Oh, but wait a minute. But you also, uh, you can't get to that if it's like, well, it's just one of those people click. It's stuck. It stops there. Right. Yeah, exactly. So the same thing happens when it comes to people with different views as you. It's like, oh, maybe some you hear something that's different than what you believe. And you instantly want to maybe like have that person canceled or whatnot. It's like, oh, they're, they're different than me, but Hey, there's actually, there's more there. There's, there's things that you can connect on, but also you can share your views and offer that person the opportunity to hear how, what you think and why you think what you think, because maybe you have valid reasons for what you believe. And I think it's a nice exchange when people can just interact without so much judgment. Judgment is a real limiter. It's a stoppage point because when judgment shows up, that's it. Okay, this person has, I don't know, this kind of vehicle, that's it. Cutoff point. It seems a little bit narrow in some mm -hmm. ways because there might be more to said individual, but that one item, judgment, boom. These items really close up the book, like my analogy there. Right. And I mean, and make, yeah, sorry, here, keep going. No, once the book is closed, it tends to be closed. Yeah, exactly. And I think people make judgments all the time. I don't necessarily think judgments are, are like bad, but at the same time, when your judgments are too quick and to assuming without seeing the whole story or giving the opportunity to, Hey, maybe I can connect with this person. Then your judgments aren't serving, aren't serving you well. True on that. Then they're a limiting force. You want to do things such that they're not a limiting force, but an expansive force of some form. So one that I've realized in life, that's a way to know if it's in the good trajectory or not good. If it's a limiting force somewhere in there, you have a narrow view, or you're being harsh for no reason and it is closing up options in life and that's no good we want optionality in some form mm -hmm. yeah exactly very informative now different element of the landscape we were describing here and the last one we were covering in this segment is being a creator so we have talked about viewer versus creator as well as the connection within the current content and people's feelings and what they use and how they feel while they're using it. Now, being a creator is only specific to some because not too many people are in the creator end, but everybody is sort of in some ways, even with their uh, maybe social postings or some form of creator in today's space. So in 2023, a lot of creators, when they're making material or would make material, you don't see it because it never ends up going up because before it went up, they got into their own head and didn't get into making or putting out the material. I think this is happening way more than the material we actually see. I think we see 20% of the material and maybe 80% of it never happened because nobody made that article or video or picture because thought processes in the mind. What could be some ways people are getting into their own head and not mm -hmm. showcasing themselves as they might like to? I think showcasing yourself definitely requires a level of vulnerability 
And I think, I think that could be part of it or maybe perfectionism. People might create certain content, but don't feel it's showcasing their very best self. So they decide not to post it maybe, or I feel like there could be like a multitude of reasons. Maybe people create content with the idea of posting it, but then are like, maybe this is just better for my own eyes just because maybe they think it's too personal and they just want it to be just for themselves. But what do you think? Do you think people should just create different content that they think that they resonate with and just post it, whether it's in their eyes, perfect or not? I've always leaned in that direction. So I am high. I have high experience in that category. I can't say it's award winning, but I have high experience in the category. It is good in some ways because it definitely has a great inspirational quality because it frees everybody else up to do more because they're like, wait a minute, if that is being posted here, I can do this. So in a funny way, it's inspirational because they're like, wait a minute, that person's posting that. Well, clearly my thing is even more good informed than that and they'll end up posting. So in a funny way, it's inspirational to others. But there is the element of it being maybe so much or not as value-based or viewer-driven such that it's more of a regular day-to-day -day thing. It doesn't have that pull factor that social media or apps tend to look for where something is outside of the normal versus if it's too close to normal, people wouldn't go on the app for that. They could just look outside and see the tree swaying back and forth. So if I posted a video of a tree swaying back and forth, they'd look at it like I didn't need to be on threads. I could have looked outside. So then they are looking for something a bit more curated. Mm -hmm. It's a back and forth. But I think curated has done better mm -hmm. than everything mode over time based on what I've done. Yeah, speaking of the analogy of the tree swaying back and forth, they want to see your heart in your material. They want to see how you are interacting with life and and the content is a reflection of your being. That part is cool. And on that end, the making a variety of content that speaks to you without any limitation, that does that. But I would say if someone was making a large amount of material out there, it would help them to connect it more with people. Think of specific people. What would they want to see? Okay, what are people responding to? Okay, a little bit more of the viewer-oriented view would help if you are just a content creator that puts out material because then it will look less like a hose that's just pouring out a bunch of water and more like a art museum where... I put a few pieces up here for you to look mm -hmm. at. Slightly yeah. different. What other thought that comes into my mind too is when Instagram was very social, socially focused, there was like, I feel like more pressure to have a certain kind of life and like a certain kind of lifestyle. And I think people have kind of maybe haven't always appreciated that. And I think interest-based can help with like comparison because it's not like someone just showcasing this like ideal life. And, and it's okay if people have like, it's okay if people express their life. But I think sometimes the issue has been 
no one really talks about the more difficult times in life or anything they're struggling with. And so people who view it just feel inadequate sometimes because they see this certain person living their life and everything looks so perfect. When the focus is is on interest rather than a, a, perfect, a person curating every detail of their life, it's in a way almost more healthy. You see something being really cool and admired. I think sometimes people have it can kind of create self-doubt of owning your own individuality because you're like, is it as cool as this other person? And maybe, and even though it probably is in its own unique, awesome way, sometimes like your unique, awesome way can get canceled out by comparison or feeling like a sense of like, oh, I'll be judged or something. Comparison is the thief of joy. And this is a great point you brought up that the pressure seems to have reduced. You're right. There was a higher pressure at that time because it was more like, hey, here's me versus you versus as now it's not as much me versus you. More like here's a portion of me. And OK, here's a portion of you. It seems like it was more almost being versus being in 2013, 14, 15. So then if somebody loses the being versus being battle, they're no good. And they have to go through the day like I am melancholy. Whereas the other person's like, I didn't really mean to make them melancholy, but I'm doing the being versus being battle of the internet landscape. And that's not the healthiest. Exactly. Exactly. People's, uh, this may, and also this coincides with when depressed nature across the public has gone, had gone up. They, they went together because that comparison happened quite a bit. But if it's something about, let's say you're posting about your billiards interest and you're always having billiards clips and billiards stuff, if somebody attacks your billiards clips, okay, but you're not attacking the person. It's just they play billiards and this is the move that they missed the hit. It's less of a percentage of your being that's being Absolutely. Yeah, it's showcased. Really, it's just one part. It's like a focus. It's a... It's definitely not as threatening. The threatening nature has gone down. Mm -hmm. huh. And now, um, also connected to getting into your own head. Oh, that's actually, we sort of covered it, but should a person uh, limit their thought of what they should post to a certain amount and just put it out there? Or is hefty thought good? We kind of covered it there. Person, oh, here's an example. There's person A, they are able to post the thing. Person B is not able to post the thing, let's say in the same category. They're both people. Uh, why is this person able to post? And what is it about them? And person B is not. They're in the same category, but you never see this person's post because they did some thinking in their head. It didn't happen. This person, you see it, and maybe it's shared around. What's the differentiators there? I think if you take any two individuals, how they process things is different. So if they had the same situation and it came to publishing their content, if one person feels any sort of sensitivity towards that posting, they're gonna, they're gonna be more like aware of how that could be perceived or they're just going to be, 
people who are more sensitive just have like a different sort of awareness about things. Whereas a person who doesn't feel for whatever reason, they don't have as many thoughts around the content and they just post it and they like don't think much of it. It's like, maybe they're not as aware of how it can be perceived and they're not aware of like how many people are watching it or they don't know all the, all the things around that. And so they're more free in that sense, but it also, there are other, there could be other factors. It could become a thing about, does that person feel very confident in the information or the content they're producing and showcasing to the world? Or does a person feel like they need to be more of an expert in a field to post that content or, you know, imposter syndrome. Yes. Imposter syndrome. Like, you know, there could be like all sorts of things going on with people, why they choose to post or don't post. And I think more people would probably post if they felt either they just felt really good about it or they wanted some feedback about it before they posted or they need a little bit of encouragement. You know, there's, there's different solutions for a person to express themselves more. That's a good point. There could be different angles to it. Like one person might just want a little bit of feedback and they'd be ready to go. Another person, a little bit of encouragement and they'd be ready to go. Somebody else might just want somebody to say, uh, hey, this is something you have not yet covered. And they're like, oh, I, I've left that out. I'll go in that direction. Mm-hmm. It's little things that can send somebody toward. You don't know exactly what someone's limiting forces are unless you check with them. But you know there's limiting forces if you can see like something that they want to showcase, but it's never happening. There's clearly something there that's causing a not showcasing or a stagnancy, or they might even mention at some point, like, you know, four years ago, I wanted to do this thing. There's something in there. Whenever somebody mentions something like that, there was a thought process that went through. And at some point they said, eh, I'll leave it alone. I can't, yeah. or this is not happening. Right. Or maybe they just, maybe they've seen the quality of work they could produce. And if it doesn't meet that quality, then they rather not post anything. Like it could be there could be so many reasons why someone maybe hesitates to express himself virtually. Right. But yes. Like we're talking about lots of solutions as well. There's a bunch, which is cool by the way. Solutions make us jovial in life because then we see there's a way there can be a way there's a way. Mm-hmm. Wonderful variety of material we have covered here being a creator, the perspective of the viewer versus the creator and then how the social landscape has changed. My last one I'll throw to you on this one here. Threads has just come out. We've used different apps. Are we going to be using apps for too long? Do things change rapidly? And two years from now, is TikTok old? Are things always changing? How does the landscape seem interesting? Are we gonna be wearing goggles? What are your predictions? Yeah, I think just with technology emerging, I think there's definitely, I'm sure things being worked on and new ideas coming to play of how people are going to connect socially in the virtual realm. So I think it's kind of fun and exciting. And maybe at some point apps will kind of go away even, who knows? Maybe we won't even use phones at some point. 
So I, I think the future is definitely, it's bright and it's moving. I think there's lots of action taking place in the tech world. I like it. Maybe holograms in the New York Times, which is cool. How about you? I feel like you would maybe even know a little bit more than me. Because this is more your uh, space. I look at it a lot. The hologram thing may be happening with the Facebook goggles or the other one, Apple new ones, not uh, like head headset. I forgot what it's called. But then we would be viewing. So you wouldn't be on your phone and you would just be in it and looking at people and talking to them in your room in a augmented reality form that's in the shorter term and then in the longer term Neuralink and then we are actually uh, mentally connected directly I think a few steps later mm. but each time there's a new thing I like the fact that the new thing makes five years ago look funny every time mm -hmm. so even though five years ago was cool at some point then suddenly it's like oh that that was funny yeah so that's cool the idea actually just came to mind when you're talking about like the google or like the headsets virtual headsets and stuff mm. and and i don't know if maybe this even exists already but something where it's almost like what if we were what if we were like sim characters in the virtual world and it was like a social media platform and we created our own sims and then we could like virtually walk to people's houses and knock on their door and interact with them and you'd have a conversation it'd be virtual still but it was like you could express things your little emoji i mean not your emoji your little sim character almost could like give people hugs and give, give people high fives and it would be like pretty interactive but like you'd be like standing in your room and you could either think it like it would either i think it'd be cool if you could just think the thought and not actually have to do it so you could be like sitting somewhere and you wouldn't have to like move or anything you could just think it and then you would um then like it would automatically text or it would automatically do the action and i mean that would be really it'd be kind of crazy but it'd be kind of cool so i think that one is like two steps beyond the next one is like what similar to what you were describing and mark zuckerberg is showcased with you have your avatar and we're all walking in a room even though we're not in the same room but in that world we're in the same room or same location or office building your avatar is there like what you described. And then the Neuralink one is like the second one you described there. And no thinking or movement required. Mm -hmm. And seems like these are on the way at some point. Wow. Quite <laughs> cool. Rebecca, on this one here, I would like to thank you for having joined for this discussion. A wide variety on the social landscape. A part two from our Yay. previous one, which I will link to after thank this you. one. And the material we have covered, really on point. Great to have you join the program awesome thanks so much you know it and we are out the armin show is a culmination of so many of my discussions with thoughtful individuals knowledgeable individuals creative individuals people who have something to say in a category that they have put effort into maybe for years maybe for decades a lot of experience comes through i like finding the links between people and topics of discussion in the categories that you have come to recognize. We're glad to continue the show, to branch out, to expand, to have more links between individuals, to have bigger groupings of individuals together 
in different formats so that the show becomes more of a show. And as we continue to do this, we're always glad for your support along the way. The Armin Show is something that has developed from all my past efforts, blogging, making videos, audios, and has reached to this point where there are now hundreds of episodes with people or just with myself, bringing knowledge, sometimes entertainment information, something that can help us progress forward in the categories that I tend to cover. Hope you enjoy it, and onward we go. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please comment any takeaways you had, and we'll see you on The Armin Show next time.